What's in your mind for you and for I? I'm trying to decide from the look in your eyes, yeah, yeah. I mean, besides, but your feelings inside you, I'm pushing up my mind and my spirit. Yo, this is Inside the RV, episode 49. Shout out to all of our insiders, our dedicated listener base. We appreciate it, uh, everybody tuning back in. This is Inside the RV, a podcast about entrepreneurship, work ethic, self-development, and becoming the best version of yourself, people. You know the drill by now. You're joined by your two oh-so-lovely, handsome, modest, mildly handsome, maybe gracious hosts. I'm one of them. My name's Jacob Moore. I'm the other one. I'm Ryan Ramirez. Jacob Moore and Ryan Ramirez. Get used to hearing those names, people. This is Inside the RV. We are your hosts. I am an artist manager. Ryan is a music artist. And together we are chronicling the ups and downs, successes and failures that we experience in the music industry. And we get a bunch of entrepreneurs, people in the music industry, just great people on here to help us share valuable information, insight, knowledge related to a variety of industries. Today, specifically the music industry, and more recently than ever, the music industry. And we're, we're, we're really stoked to, you know, talk about a lot of that good stuff. Today, we've got a man on who is, you know, we haven't gotten to know each other a ton, but we spoke a little bit at an event that he put on. And I was blown away because it's one thing to do stuff on the internet and to do stuff as a music artist and put things on Spotify. But I remember when I was working at Warner Music Group, um, one of the directors who sat across from me, I was talking to him, I was like, hey man, how do I, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever. He went, Jacob, you need to impact the culture. How can you guys put on shows? How can you bring people together? And I think that the guy that we've got on today has just done that immensely well. He's a uh, record producer, engineer, entrepreneur, the founder of Hangout Records based in Norwalk, which is a recording and engineering music studio. You guys can tap in on that on the Instagram when we give it away in a little bit. A Norwalk Artesia local, which is right down the street from us. We're, we're really stoked to have this guy on. And also a music artist, very talented guy, amazing producer. Everybody, please welcome Sabi. What's up? What's up? Ah, oh, thank you guys. I'm so excited to be on your show. And yeah. man, you talk about having to make that impact and making it about community. And that's really where it's at because yeah. that is music. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, even in the earliest times, music was always about bringing people together. Mm-hmm. And I think in the 21st century, like you said, with the internet and mm-hmm. social media, I think people will tend to lose focus on that. Mm. And it becomes more about, you know, oh, the aesthetic. Or it becomes more about, ooh, branding, marketing. But Mm -hmm. I think all that stuff is secondary to your actual mission Mm -hmm. as a brand and as a person in general. Mm -hmm. You know, what is your mission? What what are you put on this earth to do? Mm -hmm. And I always viewed myself as someone that, well, it's just meant to bring people together through music, really. That's what's up. You know, because I've been involved. uh, I've been a performer, Mm -hmm. really, since I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. I started off taking piano lessons when I was five years old. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I could play something halfway decent, my dad was like, all right, you're in the band. (laughs) And so, you know, I was playing with a bunch of old farts at like bars and restaurants and open mic nights and just, you know. That's a good way to start though. For real, with the experience, like people who are experienced like that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, definitely, it had its ups and downs. Yeah, sure. You know, but I feel like I came out of that fire like better tempered. Mm. You know, like it gave me that skill set of like, okay, you're in front of a crowd, what of it? You know, mm. mm-hmm. like it's a job like any other job. You know, you're here to entertain these people and you know play play what you need to play. Mm-hmm. And really, what it taught me was it's it's not about you at all. You know, it's about mm-hmm. all these people that came here. Sometimes not even specifically to see you, mm-hmm. but just to have something to do. Mm-hmm. on a weekend mm-hmm. or on a friday night or sometimes on a wednesday night yeah you know and that's what it's about it's about the community that develops around that yeah you know, that crucial human need that we have to go out and just have a good time mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. for sure so where where was that happening so you're five years old you just started playing piano you're kind of getting thrown into all this stuff now is that in norwalk um yeah actually around the time so i should say that 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 was starting around what like when I was maybe seven eight years old. Okay, so you you started playing at five. Yeah. Okay. Played for a couple years and then you started. They turned you into a road dog, huh? Yeah. They're <laughs> like, oh, you know chords now. Yeah. You know more than old McDonald. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. know. So uh, that that all really had 
took place around the time that I was eight. And uh-huh. around that same time, there was a local business that opened up. Um, it was called Musikahan, which is a, it, it was catering toward the Filipino community. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that was the pocket I existed in. Like my dad, he plays guitar. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're Filipino. Are you, are you full Filipino? Yeah. Okay. Full speak, Filipino. You speak Tagalog? No. Okay. <laughs> no. I mean, I understand, but it, it, it's different to speak. I get you. You know, like I, I know a little bit. Like I, I know the basic. Mahal kita and shit. Yeah. You know, <laughs> basics. Know. Little basics. <laughs> you know, well, mahal kita to you too. You guys are great. Hey. This, guy, this guy's <laughs> acting like he's from, from the Philippines. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, around that same time, this restaurant had opened and it was uh-huh. really a venue. It was like a half karaoke bar, okay. a half restaurant, mm. a half uh, like music performing. Like it has a stage, mm. right? Like a, a venue. What was it called? Uh, Musikahan. Okay, that's right. Okay. It's not, it's not there anymore. That's actually where the Taco Nazo is at now. Okay. In Bellflower? In Bellflower. Oh, dude. I go there all the time, bro. Yeah. Oh, so okay. it's, it, that's where it was. That's where it was. Oh, wow. So okay. I, have, I have all these childhood memories at that place. And it's, yeah. you know. I actually, I, I spent, like, a lot of my music memory is actually in Bellflower. Yeah. Because that's where I got my first music lessons. Mm-hmm. That's the first venue I ever played at. And, yeah, my dad was there for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, it started from there. And then it's just, like, you get involved in this scene. And then that scene, you can see, like, it's all the same people. Mm-hmm. The faces are still there, but then the venue changes. Like, mm-hmm. when one venue goes out, they all migrate to another venue, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, so from from that to now, can you explain to everybody what you do now, and you know the titles you hold, what you do with Hangout Records, what you do as an engineer and a producer, and we can maybe kind of like reverse engineer it and go like back from there and kind of see you know what you developed in terms of like your work ethic, your mindset to get you to where you are now. So, what do you do right now? So, what I do right now, I perform. I do keys. Okay. Um, but you know what? First, first and foremost, I'm sure. a student. That's what I do now. I'm a student at Cypress College, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I have been for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And that's first, that's a priority to me is being a student mm-hmm. and learning from my mentors at Cypress College. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what really kind of changed my life around sure. was really through that experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, I wasn't even, I wasn't even doing anything. Uh-huh. Like I, I kind of was just going in circles with my life, really. Wow. Because I was like, well, you know, I know how to do music. I know how to, you know, but it's like, it's not what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Or so that's what I was telling myself. Like, this is what was forced upon me. But then you realize that, you know, like, it's what you're good at. And what you're good at doesn't necessarily need to define you, but it's something that you can offer to the world. And like, why, why should I feel bad about that? You know? Got you. And that's what kind of precipitate that change was that Mm -hmm. shift in attitude versus like from from this was forced upon me almost like kind of like you know always with fathers and sons right like mm-hmm. you want me you want me to go into the plumbing business i hate plumbing yeah but you you spent your whole childhood like learning how to plumb gotcha. <laughs> so yeah. then you get older and you're like well goddamn i should probably plumb yeah <laughs> you know yeah. like i i can't make it in any other field like I, uh-huh. this is all i know this is all that makes sense yeah i feel like music's a cool one though like if if that was you and your dad like music was the thing like that's like way cooler than like the plumbing thing. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> hey, well, you, uh, I guess in 2021, it doesn't pay as much from yeah, what I yeah. hear, you know. If you look at it that way, I guess so, yeah. You yeah. know, uh, plumbers, man. Plumbers and all those people in those trades, they're making a lot of money right now. Totally. Yeah, for sure. You know, if I were Maybe to, that is cooler, actually. Yeah, I would, <laughs> I would remind like, yeah, and then, uh, you know, I could fix problems around the house, you know. <laughs> the problem solver. Uh, I'm just kidding. But, um, no, so what I do now, I produce, mm-hmm. I engineer, mm-hmm. and, um, I've recently moved into scoring music now. Wow. Nice. So uh, actually reading and writing the notes. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm just generally just, I try to be as helpful as I can mm-hmm. yeah. to the people around me mm-hmm. with the skills that I have. Yeah. You That's know, cool. what, what, for keys, what genre do you like normally play? Ooh, man, I love jazz music. Okay. You know, nice. like just something about improvising and like, man. You like the gospel type chords and stuff like that too? Or like more Ooh. just on the jazz side? Those gospel chords are great, but that's something that I've, I'm trying to, like, learn, yeah. you know? Gotcha. The jazz side, though, like, I, I really love, like, Herbie Hancock. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, Quincy Jones. Yeah, legend. Mm-hmm. I listened to, I was in a 
history of jazz class when I was in college. Mm. And one album that I got put on to that I actually really liked was by David Brubeck, I think, called Time Out, where mm. every song is in an odd time signature. I think that's, I think that's like the, the thing on the whole record. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it's called Time Out by the David Brubeck Quartet or something. Mm. I thought to this day, bro. It's really Dang. good. Yeah, if you haven't listened to it. And I, I mean, I'm not a huge jazz aficionado, so I'm not, oh, it's it's so, it's the best jazz ever. But I really, but as a guy who doesn't even listen to jazz, I would, I still listen to that album. I'm like, this is great. This is great. Mm, yeah. And I think jazz has, because jazz can be so experimental, and those are the guys doing the ad 11s and the crazy chords, and it's so experimental and so progressive that I think like jazz music is kind of on the forefront of like everything. You know, yeah, especially I mean. R&B because like, I sing R&B and I feel like it stems from jazz you know what I mean the yeah. whole genre yeah I mean it's it's tricky because everything's interrelated yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure you know so I mean I guess maybe I can hone down even further and I could say that actually I really love Japanese music mm. wow particularly uh-huh. like you know city pop uh-huh. and just like that whole 1970s 1980s just whatever the hell was happening in yeah. Japan like it was it's bonkers uh-huh. yeah. And I, I think that's where my love of just jazz as, as, as a way of conceptualizing music mm-hmm. really comes from, right? Because jazz puts impro- improvisation at the forefront. But it's also, in my mind, a really good intersection between just improvisational elements and, like, structure, mm-hmm. really. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's chord changes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's rooted in music theory. Totally, totally. You know, like, you have your two five ones, mm-hmm. and you have the different ways that these artists like to subvert those rules, mm-hmm. you know, and just, man, all the elements that go into that mix from just these crazy cool jazz chords and these like crazy licks. Mm-hmm. And then it like the synthesizers that kind of come in and it's just like, Whoa, yeah. what is, what, what, how did this happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how did this happen? And, you know, I think what draws me specifically to the music and culture of Japan mm-hmm. is also their mindset. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, like, I've been to Japan once, and it's a very, very spiritual place. Mm-hmm. And going there is actually, that changed my life. Mm-hmm. Because it it made me realize that, like, damn, here in America, we're so fast. Wow. Like, we're obsessed with, like, go, They're go, patient, go, go, huh? go, They're go, very go, patient go, go, with go. it. Very patient, very orderly. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I feel like there's some kind of innate understanding that tomorrow, it'll all happen again. Mm. Whereas, like, I feel like in America, the tendency is, like, I need to cram everything into one day. How much can I accomplish in one day? Or maybe that's just me. You yeah. know, like, I, I'm, I am someone that struggles with a lot of anxiety, okay. honestly. Mm-hmm. And I've had to create a number of coping strategies that had to help me yeah. deal with this anxiety and, like, do the things that I want to do and accomplish the things that I need to accomplish. Yeah. And I do feel like that's something that is, is common with a lot of people in our generation. Sure. Like, just that high anxiety, um, even the isolation, the depression, and just feeling like you don't even freaking matter in this world. Yeah. You know, like, it's all, re- you can be replaced at any moment. Wow. You know, like, you're not an integral part of society. You're just another meat sack mm-hmm. walking mm-hmm. around, you know, like, and Lord forbid you don't have your degree. Yeah, yeah. You know, who's no one's going to hire you. You're not going to make it, you know, past the, the paper shredder. Mm-hmm. You know, your paper's not going to be even looked at. Yeah. And that's how it can feel. Totally. But if I could tell one thing to my friends or anyone that's listening uh-huh. to this, it, it would be that you're irreplaceable. Uh-huh. There's literally no one like you and no one that, that came before is going to be like you and no one that, came, that comes after you is going to be like you. No one's going to be ever exactly the same as you. Mm-hmm. No one's going to bring to the table your unique perspective mm-hmm. and your way and mindset of doing things. Mm-hmm. Literally, your way. Mm-hmm. Going back to Japan, yeah. you know, that word, way, yeah. right? Like, I'm a very Zen dude, uh-huh. and Zen is like the way, yeah, yeah, right? So everyone has their different way. Mm-hmm. And I think in this world and in this life, we, we, we tend to get obsessed with, like, what is the way? Mm-hmm. But there are many ways, and everyone has their unique way. Mm-hmm. And I think that the world itself can stand to benefit from everyone fully realizing and expressing their way. Mm-hmm. You know, and having something to show for it. Even if that, that thing to show for it is just simply mental clarity and peace. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you don't have to accomplish anything other than that. Yeah. And, and I think that that 
emphasis on what I would say is individuality and being mm. proud of your individuality is something that should be totally, totally adopted by music artists. Because, mm. I, so, so, you know... The necessity. Absolutely. And I think what a lot of artists will try to do is um, see what their favorite artists are doing or see what other people are doing. And that's cool because you have to have influences, right? You have to get mm. inspiration from other artists look up to the greats, look up at previous generations and stuff. But I think people lose sight of the fact that if you want to build this successful career in music, it's going to be because you are unique. It's going to be because mm. people buy into you. So you can have the yeah. combination of all those influences inspire you and help you, you know, produce certain types of results and influence you and stuff like that. But ultimately, you know, I think each artist has their own set of unique values within them that they can express through music or whatever. And I think people forget about that because you're watching mm -hmm. Beyonce, you're watching all these huge people and you're like, oh, I got to do it like them. But it's like, well, mm -hmm. I think the access to, to artists now is so much easier than it's ever been. You can find a million new artists. So you, like we're, we're, we're seeing every single day all these small niches, new niches of different genres. Oh. Like you can make a career off just having this really, really small, super niche fan base. But that may not happen if you just overlook it and say, oh, I got to be like this guy. You know, exactly. I, I, think there, I think every single artist has a small group of people that will truly love them. But a lot of artists don't realize that because they're trying to be like somebody else. Does right. that make sense? And, and, and I think the, the, unique, yeah. the unique individuality part only works if you're confident in it and you're like, you go full force with totally. it. Because if you're kind of like, I, I'm different, but like you're kind of like stepping one step in, one step out with it. It's like no one's going to really believe you you know what i'm saying like if, if you're full force with that individual individuality you have and you make them and you be a leader about it i think that's when it works you know um our buddy told us a quote that i'll never forget and he said um um you know what i'm about to say nate james he was like oh yeah uh he's like people are gonna either love you or hate you no matter what so might as well be 100 100 you 100 you know what i'm saying and sometimes you know even me I'll be 89% me and I'll, I'll have that insecurity or whatever. But I always remind myself, like, just be 100%, like, 100% me. And if people hate me, that's just what's going to happen. Just just focus on the people that love you. You know what I'm saying? So that's right. what I was thinking about. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you say that, too, because you're like, well, people are going to hate me no matter what. Yeah. But I feel like the converse is also true. People will love you no matter what. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know and and the deciding factor in life i feel like is like am i easy to love mm -hmm. or i'm a very difficult person to mm -hmm. love because I, I feel like we all know people that are like i i love you dude but i gotta keep my distance yeah mm -hmm. for sure mm -hmm. you know like you're difficult to love like that you know and mm -hmm. i feel like that's where we had to heal ourselves and focus on our, our personal journey is like am i am i being there for the people that love me mm -hmm. You know, and I think the tragic thing is a lot of times people end up in that loop where they're like, I'm not lovable. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm a piece of shit mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that you've already lost. But I think the the greatest piece of advice that I've ever gotten in this world is actually from one of my artists. His name is A. Jizzle. Check him mm -hmm. out on Apple Music, Spotify. Mm -hmm. But he told me, you already won. You already won. Like you walk into the place. You, everybody already fucks with mm -hmm. you, you know. You just got to make yourself accessible, you know, be chill and, and just, just be, yeah. you know, like you said, confidence, right? Maybe confidence is not like a set of actions you take, right? I had to learn this. It's not a set of actions you take. It's not a set of like, oh, a posture that you, you, you take mm -hmm. or a, a, a set of words that you speak in or, you know, a way to talk or a way not to talk. It's just being. Yeah, I've realized it's. I, I think confidence is like there's a stillness to it. It's not like you need to like what you said, do mm -hmm. something. That's like you're trying too hard or you're like arrogant, you know what I'm saying? But the the confidence yeah. is like a stillness I've realized too, like what you said. Um, and I feel like that comes from just a deep understanding of like who you are. Like before you even walk into the room, you already know beforehand and then you bring that with you, you know what I mean? Instead mm -hmm. of like trying, once I'm there, I need to do this and this and this and to look this right. way. It's like, nah, like you, you're still... Like, you're just being, like what you said. Yeah, because we all have a role to play and a place that we innately fit into this I world. Mean, I believe it really strongly. If we're functioning to our highest degree, mm -hmm. you know, the example I, I like to think of, the imagery I like to think of is a tree. Mm -hmm. A tree in the woods, right? A tree in the woods, it stands there and it 
it blows in the wind and it does what a tree does right there's no judgment there's no anything with a tree and so a person gets there and they look at the tree and they project their judgment onto it mm-hmm. right so it's like be like a tree mm-hmm. do what you do what other people think about you doesn't really matter yeah you know like don't let it get in the way of you doing what you got to do mm-hmm. and fulfilling your role and your purpose in this world mm-hmm. which i guarantee you there's some role and purpose mm-hmm. and i think for everyone there's a peace of mind too to uh focusing on things you can control and and a lot of times like what people think you can't control that no, no matter what you do no matter how how you act or feel or whatever it is like people are going to think how they think you know um so realizing like that's out of your control mm. and like really understanding that i feel like that brings like a peace of mind you know right. just knowing like i'm just going to do what i can what's mm. in my control mm-hmm. as long as i'm doing my best and i know deep down like i'm doing what i can what i can and um i'm feeling good about me personally as like within my circle then right. that's that's that peace of mind you know yeah, I saw this one graphic on Instagram. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen it. It was like a little yin yang, mm-hmm. and then one side was do no harm, right? And the other side was take no shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. For real, real, yeah. and it's everything in life is balance. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you said, like am I looking after myself? Am I functioning to my highest degree? Mm-hmm. You know, and what can I even control in the situation? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times, it's like, man, I just I gotta accept the chaos. Yeah. Totally. You know, I'm not really in control. Yeah, yeah. Like, even to a certain degree, I feel like even throwing those events in my backyard, uh-huh. it was like, I opened the gates and now all these people are here. Yeah. yeah. You know, and realizing that I'm not really in control uh-huh. of this, but I can't influence the situation. Totally. You know? Totally. And that's that's how I've been operating in my mm-hmm. life. It's just like, I'm not really in control of this. You know, I've all these all these people are gathered into my life. Mm-hmm. All I can do is do the best I can, be good to other people. Be a vessel. Be a yeah, vessel, yeah, yeah. you know. Let's talk a little yeah. bit about that. So, what what is Hangout Records? Oh man, Hangout Records is it's it's my baby. Uh-huh. You know, it it's everything to mm-hmm. me. Um, it represents years and years of just a personal struggle, mm-hmm. more than just like a struggle in music. It was a struggle for me to find my own identity mm-hmm. and be comfortable with that identity. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know that's a struggle that a lot of people go through. Um, and so, man, realizing that, like, okay, I'm not alone. Like, I'm also a part of, like, this world that's also going through this struggle. Mm-hmm. At first, it made me angry. It made me angry because I was like, you guys are all going through this. And you guys act like you're not going through it. And, like, I'm going through it. And you guys are, like, not giving me sympathy, you know. Mm-hmm. But then you calm down as you get older and you realize, like, everyone's going through it. And, like, the solution isn't to be angry. The solution is acceptance. You know, like, okay, I got the cards I was dealt. They got the cards they were dealt. Like, why are you angry about it? Why, why, why do people have to care? Yeah. You know? Yeah. When the solution is plain, just don't, you know, you got to accept your situation and work from mm-hmm. it. And it's about what you want. What do I want to be with my life? You know? And I feel like at the end of the day, the root of what a lot of people want is, is, is simple. It's like acceptance, yeah. it's love. It's like people that they're connected to, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what I strive for, really. And Hangout Records is really just, it's the next step for mm-hmm. me, you know. Before I was Castle Records. Mm-hmm. And Castle has that innate meaning of, like, I'm a castle. Yeah. You know, it's like your walls are up. Yeah. And that's how we would think about things. I'm like, I'm going to build my studio, and I'm going to make it the best studio. Yeah. I'm going to have the best artist. I'm going to have this. I'm gonna, I'm going to have that's fire, though. <laughs> You yeah. know, and that got me, that got me a certain, you know, distance. I got you. You know, because it's just kind of like you're building up your walls, you're building, building up your forces. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you poise yourself for like, you know, oh, we got heat. We about to, we about to take over LA. We about to invade. Mm-hmm. That's a fundamentally different mindset from where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Because where I'm at now, hang out. It's just like, dude, come hang out. Mm. The music is the byproduct of the hanging out. Okay. You know, like, who are you as a person? Mm-hmm. Who are you as an artist? Yeah. Like, what kind of music do you even like? Why do you like that music? Yeah. What is it about it? Is it the imagery? Is it just the sound of it? Yeah. You know? Because it's, it's crazy to think and, and conceptualize that not all music, like, it, it has its draw from the way that it sounds. Okay. 
you know i feel like some music has that draw because of what it represents mm-hmm. I, I like to think about punk music mm-hmm. really you know or even those hip-hop periods that you know they're like oh it's about this set of values like you know the five pillars of hip-hop mm-hmm. i don't know if you guys have heard about that concept mm-hmm. man growing up my brother taught me about hip-hop and that's why i'm really like really in yeah. it you know um but he taught me that there were five pillars if i can remember correctly um it was like emceeing mm-hmm. djing graffiti mm-hmm. uh break dancing and what, was it five pillars or four pillars i'm leaving something yeah. out i know someone's gonna be upset uh, um we're, we're just gonna i'm just gonna say sneakers okay <laughs> that goes with it. Yeah. <laughs> or even basketball you know it's 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 Things that are interlinked with with hip hop, and it's it's what it represents, and for whom it represents, right? And I feel like as as that genre evolved, it, it came to represent a whole different set of things, mm-hmm. and it's different for every generation, yeah. You know, and so that was one thing that was really difficult for me to accept and onboard as like an engineer producer, like bro, it's not even about the sound sometimes, mm-hmm. it's about who this artist is, mm-hmm. because again, that's the mindset you already won. Mm-hmm. You know, you won because you are you. Okay. And you are the one making the music. The people that are this person's fans, they're going to listen to it and they're going to enjoy it either way. Mm-hmm. You know? So there's a certain threshold of, like, don't overstress it. Mm-hmm. Like, just enjoy the process of making the music and, and be invested in the process and the moment. You know? Be present. And do you think that now with that, the adoption of that mindset, you make better records? Or, you know? I would, I would, I would say okay. so. You know, because I, I feel like my earlier work that I did before was rather stiff. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty formulaic, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we all have to go through a process of learning, mm-hmm. right? But I would say maybe better is not the right term. Mm-hmm. Meaningful. More meaningful is the right, is the right term for mm-hmm. that. Because I feel like when you craft music with that, like, that love and attention to who are you, mm-hmm. Who is the artist? What do they represent? Who are the people that like this artist? When you build upon that, it's a more meaningful work. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was about to say, you can have like the best sounding record, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can get all the top musicians. You can put them in the best studio with the best engineer and the best producer. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, but what, is, what does that really mean mm-hmm. though? You know, I think the goal is like combining both, in my opinion. I think you need that mm-hmm. meaning, but I mean, I think it depends on your goal. You know what I mean? Like, because people are really out here competitive, bro. Like, people are really out here that want to win, you know, and be out here. And um, I, I think the goal off of what you said is like to have that meaning and have that put that love in it. And like, because that's what people are going to feel. But I think it's mm-hmm. always good to like really outdo yourself and get better and study and get better and like what I do this time that I can fix upon this time and continue to grow that way. You know what I'm saying? Um, Cause I'm all about like, you know, hanging out and chilling and like, you know, making good shit. But, you know, I think it depends on like the goal. If you're trying to get to a certain level, like you're going to have to, you know, get competitive a little bit and like really try to outdo yourself and, and have that like winner's mindset. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I think it's com- combining both is my opinion. Yeah. Right. So, what I'm talking about here is this is the art. Now we're talking business. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, because we all have to eat and yeah, sustain yeah. ourselves at the end of the mm-hmm. day. And, you know, ideals don't pay the bills. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, like you said, it's a balance. Yeah, for sure. You know, I always come back to that yin and yang. You know, there, there's definitely this yeah. and there's this. Yeah. That, that concept of non-duality. Yeah. The space for all different ranges of experience. And it all combines into this beautiful whole. Mm-hmm. That we we as people can't possibly understand. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I I should say I came from a period in my life where I was completely just embracing the chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. And now, now I'm embracing more of a structure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like this chaos landed me the studio. It was like you woke up one day and you're like twenty thousand dollars in debt, but you have a beautiful studio. Mm-hmm. You know, you know? Yeah. like waking up, man. Whew, that whole period of my life was wild. Damn. Yeah. How, how long ago was that? <laughs> Mm, that was just when coronavirus oh hit. last year mm. oh, yeah shoot. you know so I, the way I, I think about it i was going about my normal everyday life i was a student at cypress college okay. you know and that was a transitionary period in my life because i was just a really shy kind of reserved yeah. kind of bookish individual really and then 2020 happened 
you know, and I just went off the rails because I was like, man, I'm, I'm, this is not it. Mm-hmm. Like being cooped up in my mm-hmm. room, yeah, you know, and, and not able to leave the house for 24 hours in the day. And, you know, at first I was like, this is a blessing. Finally, yeah. finally I could be alone and I can just work on my music. I'm going to make YouTube videos. Yeah. I'm going to make Instagram videos. And when I was finally confronted with like, I, I now have all this time, mm-hmm. you know, it was like really bizarrely empty feeling. Yeah. Wow. You know, because I don't know. I was just conditioned for so long to just believe like, you know, well, if only I had this, if only I had this, if only I had this, if only I had this. And that was how I was living my reality. And then all of a sudden, like, well, you're at your parents' house and you're looking around and you're like, you know, actually, I have a, a sizable amount of instruments I've collected over the years. Yeah. I have a decent computer. I certainly have more than a lot of people. Hell yeah. But you still feel empty. Mm. You still feel purposeless. Like, this is all here, but what does this even mean to me? Like, this means nothing because why? Because I was craving the, the other people in the equation, the connection, the community, because that's what I had came from. Like, from Cyprus, I was like feeling like, oh, my life is changing. I'm getting the sense of purpose and direction because. I'm talking to older people that have, that have been through the industry and they're telling me this is how it is. This is what to expect. And being around other like-minded individuals are just trying to find their way, young musicians. And then all of a sudden now coronavirus, boom, in the blink of an eye, it's all taken away from you. And you're just here and you're just like, man, this kind of feels like a gilded cage, like, you know, a golden cage. You know, you're living in comfort. So what ended up happening was I was like, man, fuck this. I need to go out there. And a friend of a friend hit me up and this friend of a friend was like hey let's record let's let's go to la and you know like I, i'm gonna rent out a studio can you engineer and that's what really started the journey nice. i hadn't even used pro tools before but i showed up and like you know two sessions two sessions later i was like okay i got this i know all the hockeys i can i can function i can hang oh, yeah. were, were you using any software before that Oh, FL Studio. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I've been an FL Studio user since, I believe, 2005. Damn. Yeah. Like when it first, it, like, came out or something, right? Like, Yeah. I'm, I was just getting out of middle school. I was, like, in eighth grade. Okay. And one of my classmates had just handed me this, this CD. Like, well, first of all, he got hyped when he found out, like, I make music. Yeah. You know, because this guy was, like, he was doing it the old school way with the, the MPC. Uh-huh. And, like, all these hardware synths. He was, like, oh, Yeah. <laughs> You know, I got a Yamaha motif and I got, you know, like flexing yeah, on me, yeah. like all this shit that he has. I'm like, dude, that's so cool. I wish I had that, you know, because my dad would never buy me any of that. My my dad is a very like, I would describe him as a very austere, very like conservative, very valued man where, you know, he's he's very principled. He's like, you don't need that. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it's that that joke. Like, gotcha. We already have one at home. Yeah, and then the keyboard at home. Gotcha. We, we got McDonald's at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the Casio at home, like yeah. you know, like I wasn't bro, it. This, this is like, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it. This is like thirty-seven keys, and my fingers are just too big for this now. This is a child's keyboard, yeah. you know, yeah. and and that's how it feels. Got it. You know, and but anyways, you know, he was stoked on that, and he handed me the CD. He was like, "Look, I'm gonna put you on, like." You know, because I was telling them, like, yeah, I started making music. And at that time, it was Anvil Studio. It was, like, man, it was the Wild mm-hmm. West of the internet. Back in 2005, mm-hmm. like, YouTube was just barely coming yeah. out. Or I don't even know if it had came out in 2005. Mm-hmm. It was still kind of like, you know, the software industry was not as standardized as it is now. Like, there's, you know, yeah. there were so many smaller people and, and individuals and companies, like, mm-hmm. just making random programs. And I found one. I was showing him, like, hey, I made this with this program called Anvil Studio. Mm-hmm. You, you know, punch your notes, yeah. you know. And he was like, no, 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 dude. Let me put you on. You got to try this. Boom. CD with FL Studio. Mm-hmm. And, like, this library of samples that yeah. he collected over the years. And that was, that was the spark. That was the start. Oh, yeah. So you started you know? producing at that time? Yeah. You know, it was, it was really, really shitty techno beats mm-hmm. that I would upload to Newgrounds. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Newgrounds, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, the Newgrounds audio portal. Yeah. That that was that was my shit. Yeah. You know? And I, I would just put the put it on there and hopefully I was just hoping like somebody would comment on it and like, oh maybe it'll blow up. Maybe it'll blow up. Maybe it'll be maybe this time I'll blow up and I can be like Paragon X9. You know? Get get like get placed in one of these flash yeah. animations. Oh yeah. you know. 
And uh, I actually, I had one song that I made that almost made it onto Castle Crushers. What's that? If, if, if you're familiar Castle with that. Castle Crushers? Is that a game? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they, they ran a little contest on Newgrounds. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was a bunch of Flash developers uh-huh. that got together and made that. And um, I think they were called, was it Bohemoth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they ran a contest and I was super stoked yeah. about that. But then my dad was like, you're getting ripped off. I'm not letting you put this song here. <laughs> so, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah. then, so you start using Pro Tools, you're engineering for your buddy in LA, right? At the studio. Yeah. This is a little bit later. Okay. Yeah. So you're engineering for your buddy. And then, so have you used Pro Tools like since then? Yeah. Actually, right now, I'm, I'm studying now to get my certification. Oh, nice. nice. You know, that, that's my next step yeah. in, in my journey is I'm just trying to learn Pro Tools more thoroughly mm-hmm. than just like, all right, I know how to. I know how to record. I know how to set up some tracks, yeah. and you know, but not really knowing how it kind of, you know, the the heart of the engine that powers Pro Tools. Mm-hmm. So, I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to learn that program yeah. inside and out, and and just be the best possible engineer that I can be. Nice. Do you mix too? Yeah, yeah, I mix. Okay. You know, and that's also a learning process. Yeah, it's a whole other taking, animal. <laughs> yeah, you know, and there's, there's there's just so much to it with music that. I, the only thing you really can do is know the tools mm-hmm. and understand the techniques because mm-hmm. everything in between it's like what does the artist want mm. you know I, I feel like as an engineer and a producer you, you're always caught between what does the artist want and what is, what is the executive decision that needs to be made mm-hmm. you know whether this executive is coming from some kind of executive or some kind of manager that's like overseeing the process mm-hmm. or if it's coming from the artist who functions as their own manager you know you can't you can't really like in my opinion as a producer I don't strive to like override what it is that they're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. i try to understand what it is they're trying to accomplish because mm-hmm. you know you might think that someone's trying to come in and you know they want to do like punk music but that's such a wide you yeah. know umbrella especially in these days mm-hmm. totally. you know there's so many micro genres right so their understanding of punk might be like green day mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah. or it could be sex pistols mm-hmm. You know, like, that's just too wide of an umbrella. But, you know, if you've already made up your mind as the producer, like, like you've, you've already lost the battle there. Yeah. You know, you, the, the artist who is your client and who pays your bills, you know, they're not going to be happy. They're not going to leave feeling like, I did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we did that, yeah. you know? And that's the ultimate goal as a producer. It's not to, like, know the most things. It's not to, like, flex on them, like, your production skill or whatever. It's just to do your job that's how i feel about yeah. it yeah what you what know? kind of artists are you working with right now so right now i'm working primarily with hip-hop artists mm-hmm. and i've recently um started to branch out more into bands mm-hmm. local bands and um it's really just a lot of people that are in college or have recently graduated from college um in terms of the band mm-hmm. um with rappers um a lot of people in la that i've worked with and um it's just it's crazy like the culture clash because you know it's like okay oh there's these these people from LA mm-hmm. and people from LA you know like they move in a certain way yeah. and then you got all these like good kids from the OC uh-huh. and they move in a certain yeah, way yeah. you know and it's just like damn I, I got I got people here that are rolling up to the studio and they're like they're like strapped you yeah. know backpacks of cash yeah. yeah you know and like if you're not careful they're gonna finesse you out of your money mm-hmm. you know and you got to be like, in a way, kind of like not phased. Yeah. And but then you got these people over here, and they're just like, "Yo, let's room," mm. you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and and it's it's the intersection of the two worlds that's just. It's been it's been a real journey. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I wanted to ask. Um, so, you know, what are because we have we have some upcoming artists listening to this, and you know, artists of all types and stuff. I want to talk about you know for people who don't go into the studio with an engineer, for people who like Ryan for like the better part of his career. Now he's starting to branch out and work with people, but like this guy's mixed and mastered, produced all his own stuff, whatever. For someone working with an engineer, going to hang out records or whatever recording studio they go to, what's kind of like, um, should they be at a certain level before that? Should, should they already have any idea of how mixing and production works? Should they, go in ready to tell you because like you said it's your job what to do or or does it just depend on the artist i would say before an artist comes to the studio they should know 
what it is they want. Mm-hmm. You know, they should already feel empowered, you know, and even it's like you're not wasting time, yeah. you know, like you could know nothing about how to do it, but you could come and be like, well, I like this record. I like the way the vocals sound mm-hmm. here. This is the style I'm going for, the aesthetic that I'm going mm-hmm. for and, and give it to the engineer or the producer or what have you. And they can actually make real informed decisions and they can use their expertise to dial in. And then at that point, all you really have to do is be like, yes or no. And it's also about fostering that trust and, and really gelling with your producer and your engineer, right? So, I mean, me and myself personally, I feel like we're in a revolution in the music industry right now. Like, you know, what you do with recording and engineering and mixing yourself. That's, I feel like that's going to be standard. Really? Like, yeah, I feel like the need for big studios is going to, you know, in the way it's, it's that demand is going to shrink, you know. And I, I firmly believe that, like, studios, I don't know, I don't know how much longer they can really sustain themselves. You know, even me as a studio, mm-hmm. you know, because of the democratization that's happening within music. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have people now that are like, you know, they barely turn 20 mm-hmm. and they're like running around and producing like hit records yeah. for like artists like Lil Tecca, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, and they, you could see when you look up what they're doing, it's just their little MacBook mm-hmm. and the Scarlet. Yeah. And, and you know, <laughs> and FL. Yeah, yeah. You know, or Ableton or what yeah, have yeah. you. Like, these are the tools of the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, used to be that the record industry was tightly, like, you know, well, you had to know an engineer and you had to know a producer. Like, you had to know someone that at the bare minimum could work the workstation. There was gatekeepers. Yeah. Yeah. And the gatekeeping was just the level of knowledge that you needed. Yeah. You know, and the cost of the equipment. Yeah. You know, like, I, I firmly believe that anyone can learn anything that they put their mind to. But not everyone can afford to drop like 10 racks yeah. on like yeah, yeah, a keyboard yeah. and like pro tools and all that stuff back in 2005 when I first got yeah. started. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, it's just like, damn, we're, we're in a very special time mm-hmm. with music where it's just like, I feel like anyone can really make it. Like you said, yeah. like we could all eat. Mm-hmm. We could all find our fan base. That's like, we're specific to them, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's that's an amazing thought because I feel like for a long time it, it's just kind of like what's fed to you is like, like you said, you have to appeal, you have to you know you have to do this in one certain kind of way, and this will appeal to this target demographic. But it's 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 more nuanced than that. Yeah, because I, I think one but, thing I keep in mind too is like because I love what you said too about how it's a, it's a cool time right now how anybody can do it right. Mm-hmm. I think one thing I also keep in mind, uh, and this is like the competitive side of me too. Um, I have no excuse now. That's the thing. Like, I have no excuse. So if I'm screwing up, it's, it's on me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I didn't have to rely on the 10 racks for studio equipment or, like, knowing the right person to right. put out a record. If I didn't do it, that's because I didn't. And I had the tools, but I just didn't put in the time and the work. So I think that's the other side of it is, like, you know, there's no excuse now. And the good thing, well, it's good that anybody anybody can do it. But the bad thing is anybody can do it. So it's like, it's very like saturated, you know? So, so I, I, I'm one, I'm one to, you know, think of the positive, but also not the negative, but like the, the reality of it too. Right. Like, you know, so I, I always balance is what you said. Right. I I definitely like to balance both. So, um, that definitely pushes me harder, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because there's more people doing music than ever. And while anyone could make it, it requires a greater effort mm-hmm. to make it. Like you can't, you can't like, okay, I'm going to get really good and then I'm just going to blow all these local musicians out the water and I'm going I'm to take that spot and become a session musician. Like you can, mm-hmm. you can, mm-hmm. but the floor to that just got this much higher, yeah. I feel like, yeah. because it's so much more accessible. Yeah. Like as time has went on, the availability of music, right? So even going back into, let's say, you know, when when music was being formalized, right, from, I'm going to say the start of, like, music theory, right, you know, the renaissance, Mm -hmm. right, we're coming from monks, and, like, it was just very gatekeepy in general, like, not everybody was even, like, you know, you had the music of the the common folks, Mm -hmm. but it's just, like, where the hell are you going to get a loot from (laughs) if you're, like, a peasant working a field? Mm -hmm. Like, there's just a whole certain class of people, and, like, that loot was probably handed to you by your father's Mm -hmm. father's father's father, Mm -hmm. like, you are going to be a a loot now, you're going to be a musician now. Yeah. You know, like, 
Hope you enjoy your life. <laughs> you know, you're going to be a bard. That's the term. You're going to be a bard. And then, like, even going further than that, like, you know, like, buying a violin or a cello or buying a piano mm-hmm. or a harpsichord, like, who could really afford yeah. that? Yeah. It was only a certain small slice of the population. But then, as you go forward throughout music history, the, it, it democratizes. Mm-hmm. Because then you had the advent of so many years of all this. Then you had, like, the electric guitar mm-hmm. come out, you know? And the fact that that became more accessible mm-hmm. to people. Mm-hmm. Like, I could just buy an electric guitar. And even back in those days, that was still, you know, like, I was an investment to be totally. made. You know, people would nickel and dime themselves just to buy that guitar, yeah. you know? But then we go forward, and now it's just like guitars became cheaper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, as the technology of production became better and more precise, you can have a good quality guitar for not that much money, really. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could still invest and get like a craftsman piece or like a vintage piece, and like that's, mm-hmm. you know, very special. You know, it's, it's definitely an instrument, mm-hmm. you know? But in a lot, of the, a lot of ways, I look at instruments now and I'm like, that's a tool. Yeah. It's like you can go to Home Depot and you can buy a hammer. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And that's the same hammer that so many other people have. But what are you going to do with the hammer? Mm-hmm. And like you said, like, it's tough. There's a lot of people. Yeah. There's a lot of people. But I feel like what it really takes is just that tenacity and that grit yep. to, like, rise every day and be like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to practice. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some music. You know, like setting a routine for yourself, setting that structure. Mm-hmm. Like that's vital. This is what I want to talk about. Yeah, this is this is the type of shit right here. It's right, that great. Yeah. It's that tenacity. You know what I'm saying? Um, which you know, I think I think it's hard because music is such a fun, you know, enjoyable thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, and if you if you're born with like talent or you have like a parents who kind of raise you with music, like it's such a cool blessing. You know, but then it's up to you what you do with that. You know what I mean? Like it's like. like What's that saying? It's like talent beats hard work when hard work. Do- oh, wait, no, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't show up or doesn't work hard. Yeah, yeah there, there you go. go. Sorry, yeah, yeah. say it, say it one more time. <laughs> hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. um, this is the type of shit like we like to talk about on the yeah. podcast too. That mindset, like that heavy competitive. Because because we're very business oriented when it comes to music, right? And so, right. um. Because the way that we want to make our careers in music is we, with that low barrier to entry and that super high floor to achieve anything throughout all the saturation, mm-hmm. like me and mm-hmm. Ryan are very dedicated to that. And that's what we want right. to do. And so, um, I'm sorry, were you going to say something? No, go ahead. Yeah. And so, I think like the biggest thing, you know, when it comes, and that's why I asked you, like, what, sh- what should artists be doing when it comes to, you know, prior to working with an engineer? How should they set themselves up? What should they do? Whatever. Right. And I think something you just said is like, build a schedule, mm-hmm. you know, like if you, if you, right. if you yeah. want something that bad or whatever, I think you need to take a part of your life and say, okay, how can I structure this methodically? And how can I maximize my time to produce this result that I want? Yeah. And that can right. be, and even talking about like how you said the, the music should be meaningful. You know, you can even, and as an artist and a creative, this is crucial. You should set aside time and say, okay, I practiced my vocals today. I, I, mm-hmm. I talked with my manager. I did this. I, I did all this hardcore competitive stuff. Can I sit down for 45 minutes and, and study myself and think about how to make my music more meaningful? Mm-hmm. So there's so many different facets of it, right? Yeah. Right. S- especially as a creative. Like me, I, as, a, as the, the manager, I'm just really focused on like strategy, ROI, marketing, right. all that stuff. But right. Ryan, as the artist, he has to think about a little bit of that, plus all of the other stuff in terms of like meaningfulness, purposefulness. So it's it's extremely difficult. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's it's difficult until you get it to work for you. Right. Because all that meaningfulness and all that stuff, it has its place that fits inside of this and all the structure mm-hmm. and all that, you know, like that grit and like I'm going to be consistent, mm-hmm. the consistency. Yeah that supports this other half of everything because like how are you going to have enough time mm-hmm. to like you know explore music really and, and like get to know other people and really get to dive deep mm-hmm. if you haven't set this up for yourself like you're not in control yeah you're really not like you think you're in control because well i wake up and i get to do whatever i want but you're not because you're here like just indexing what you have no system so you're going to index everything in your head mm-hmm. And then, like, you're going to forget things or you, you can't even realize how much you can do in one day, really. Yeah. I think it's the, I think what you, what you just said is, like, 
the main point. Like, you got to have that system. Like, the system really, you know, w- w- something we do is like a powerless. It's like five critical tasks a day. You know what I'm saying? And you get a W, a win or an L at the end of the day if you do all the tasks. That, at least I still do that. But um, yeah. it's it's very, it's been life-changing for me because I feel like before that, before I had a system, I was kind of just flying with the wind. And you and you you don't really keep track of time well because you're like I'll put it up till tomorrow and you keep saying that and it still feels like you're like you're you're still getting it like working hard but next thing you know two months go by and you didn't really do much you know what I'm saying but if you had that right. system of like I did five things a day now those two months was at sixty days times five now you did like three hundred tasks mm-hmm. whereas whereas before you were just kind of like flying with the wind. You like unable to keep track of time, you know. So I think that system is like the main shit right there. Right. Yeah. So getting more into like the specifics of like the system that I use. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. I like to. I like. I have a calendar, mm-hmm. and I have index cards. Okay. This is how I organize things in my life. Right. And of course, I have my phone, or if I can, I have a notebook with me. Mm-hmm. Right. And as soon as something comes in, I have to write it down somewhere. I have to write it down either on my phone. Mm-hmm. On my notebook, like this is a piece of information that has come into my knowledge, mm-hmm. right? Like, hey, can I book a session for such and such time, mm-hmm. right? I have to write that yeah. down. Yeah. And as soon as I get home, I take everything that I wrote down and I put them on index cards, and then I put them on a corkboard. Nice. You know, so I can visually see, like, okay, what's on my plate. Mm. You know, that's interesting. Because I'm someone that like. I have a very high ambition and I, I, I always convince myself I can do a lot more than I could do in one yeah. day, like Superman type yeah, yeah. syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, yeah, I'll take you, 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 you. Yeah, we can all have two hour sessions, mm-hmm. you know, like, but it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know, because you've given all this to them and it's just like, what time is there for me? And wow. could I even realistically put that and accomplish that in a day? Mm-hmm. Right. And for me, what works best is that visual, like, bro, your fucking corkboard that has too much shit on it. Yeah. You know, like I need to be able to see some cork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when I first started that system, like I, I put all my my index cards, mm-hmm. and I realized like this isn't actually a lot of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. like I could actually segment this mm-hmm. out and put this on a calendar mm-hmm. and deal with it. Yeah. Instead of just being endlessly anxious and worried, yeah. like I have all this stuff in the back of my head. Yeah. Let's take all this stuff from the back of your head, put it in front of you. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. You know, and that's the only way you're ever going to be able to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like a quest tracker, really. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I don't know if you guys play RPGs. Nah. No. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm a big Skyrim fan. Okay. You know, and I've always, I've always wanted that system where it's just like, you know, it'd be so great if like every time somebody gives you a task, mm-hmm. it just shows up on the screen. Mm, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. New, new quest. Mm, yeah. Go do this, and then you have your little checkpoints under it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's how my my mind conceptualizes mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And, like, just like in the RPG, you can only really do one quest at a time because mm-hmm. you're going to go to this side of the map and you're going to have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And then, like, are you really going to be able to deal with any of this? Yeah. And in a video game, there's no time limit. Mm-hmm. You know, you could go here and do this and, like, have all these open quests on this end of the map mm-hmm. because it's a game. Mm-hmm. But in real life, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You, ha- you have to meet the deadlines. You have to meet the targets. Mm-hmm. You have to meet the expectations mm-hmm. that are expected of yeah. you. While at the same time, managing to have enough time for you to go explore the avenues you want to explore mm-hmm. fully mm-hmm. you know and not just dip your feet in like okay I've, I've given enough time for myself to to be at such and such a venue for only an hour like but what are you gonna do in only an see hour? see like for me like you know? i make what you what you said the exploring like the time for exploring i make that a task you know what i'm saying like as another mm-hmm. task in the thing so that way like i'm not separating out like time for me and then time for whoever whatever like i i make that one of the things the missions you know what i'm saying because i feel like that's that's how you um align yourself better to like all the things you want to do you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah like is this something yeah. you do too i tend to think of it as kind of like i'm on the clock and off the clock. okay okay that's my way of conceptualizing okay because i still get my own enjoyment out of music you. and you know like one of the things that i learned again from the zen uh-huh um, that I was really interested in was just this concept that like it like it shouldn't be work mm. you know like meditation shouldn't be like I'm sitting down doing work it kind of it just is mm. and it's it's its own enjoyment it you know mm-hmm. and that's how I feel about music like there there's time like yes let me go ahead and practice let me get this in but leave space for you to just enjoy like you're off the clock mm-hmm. 
and keep that relationship alive with music that I actually enjoy this shit. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel about it. You know, like I go to bed and I listen to music, mm-hmm. not to study, not to do anything else, but just it relaxes mm-hmm. me. It calms me. And it's just like, you know, all oh, these are songs I like. I'm familiar with them. Yeah. And just like, this is, this is me, you know, yeah. and this is no one else. This is me. This is my playlist, mm-hmm. you know? And I even listen to my artists too, before I go to sleep too. Cause I'm just like, man, good memories. Totally. Yeah, for sure. Totally. You know? And I feel like it's just the moment you let the chaos and the rigors of life kind of X that out for you. Like, okay, you're, you're going, but you've become somewhat of an automaton, like a robot. Like you've kind of lost your soul in a way, mm-hmm. you know? And so that to me is what I use my system for is like, I'm, I'm a defend this, this aspect of my life. It's like, here, here is me. This is, this is, this is, this is my land. This is sacred. Mm-hmm. All this other stuff. That's, that's the world. Mm-hmm. But as soon as it crosses this fence, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you're only going to cross this fence if you're intended to be here. You're supposed to be here, you know. And if I'm just letting all kind of passerbys just enter into my peace and my tranquility, you know, then that's not a good thing. Gotcha. You know, and that's how I feel about, like, the outside world. Like, defend your peace. Mm-hmm. You know, defend your peace of mind. Because when you're in a good state of mind, your good mental health, you can get more efficiency mm-hmm. out of your systems. Mm-hmm. you know so that's the reason why i choose not to like make it a task because it's not a task Got it. okay it's just an off the clock yeah you know yeah. i explore because that's what i like to do naturally yeah okay you know yeah yeah so so one last thing before we close it out real quick hangout mm-hmm. records artist showcase right mm-hmm. so that's something that you've done for what three weeks or you did for three weeks in a row truth be told i've i've done it what twice now oh okay okay right and um, it was twice in uh, what was that August, right? Yeah, I think so. Oh, it was July going into August. Yeah, because July is when I had finished construction, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Well, shit, I got a studio, yeah. and uh, where are the clients? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, for sure. I, I I've shelled out twenty thousand dollars. I was like, the clients should come rolling in. Like yeah, this yeah. place is fucking dope. Yeah, and then you realize, like, well, duh, nobody knows about uh-huh. you. Uh-huh. You know, you thought that the people you're working with already, your friends, they're going to spread the word. But it's like, it doesn't work that way because these people that you all know, they're not necessarily a part of the right community mm-hmm. that can fully harness your business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, no better way to bring people together than throw a show because yeah, totally. that's what I know. Yeah, yeah. Totally. You know, and my parents were super stoked on it. Like yeah. I said, my dad is a musician. Yeah. Nice. And so, you know, he was super proud of it. You know, he was filming and showing yeah, my relatives yeah, yeah. in the Philippines. That's awesome. And, and, you know, it, to, to me, I was viewing it as a way to like, okay, I need to drum a business, you know. But then I quickly hit a wall because I'm like, dude, this is my backyard. Yeah. You know, like you throw the show like a second time and then all of a sudden that's when the neighbors are like, bro. Yeah. These people can't park. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like they're taking up my space. You guys are playing up until like three o'clock in the morning. No. Mm-hmm. You guys have a Filipino food over there at those parties or what? Nah, oh no, shit, like, that's my favorite. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> they got they got uh, a huge community thing of uh, Ponset. Yeah, and and stuff. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. Always at the Filipino shows though. Like yeah. it would always have it, like free for the you, performers. I, like, I had. I was in a band. Yeah. I was in a band with. Uh, well, I played drums in bands growing up and stuff. And I was in a. I was in a band with um two Filipino brothers. And so we played a lot of like Filipino venues, like like yeah. Pits, Josephine's, like all these like Filipino based places, and even like the family parties we would go to they had this filipino food everywhere and so like i loved that stuff and they had the they had the lechon the pig whatever. Uh, they yeah. always made me eat the ass but it's all good like the butt <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was good times though yeah it's yeah, great food uh, man you're just reminding me of my childhood okay wow. that's exactly how i grew up actually my aunt used to own josephine's okay that's what's up yeah my aunt is josephine oh yeah, oh, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Okay. and it used to be called pinoy bistro okay and then it rebranded Mm-hmm. and like they sold it to a new owner yeah, yeah. wow yeah that's dope yeah so yeah that filipino community like that 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 like oh you know play but here eat you guys eat. yeah yeah yeah. yeah. you guys yeah. eat you know yep. that's oh that's close to home you're making me hungry <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff that's awesome man well hey bro we really appreciate you being on here man where can people find you where can people book you for a session find out more about hangout records and everything you do uh you can follow me on instagram um, at sabi.sensei sabi.sensei s-a-b-i dot s-e-n-s-e-i sabi sensei and you can also follow me on instagram um, 
the Hangout Records page, mm-hmm. which is at Hangout Records 562. And those two pages are where I, I conduct all of my business. And you can hit me up anytime. Yeah. And we can we can get together and, and just talk music, chop it up, hang out. Oh, there yeah. you go. That's what's there up, man. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. This is Inside the RV. Peace out. What's in your mind for you and for I? I'm trying to decide from the look in your eyes, yeah, yeah. I mean, besides, but your feelings inside you. I'm pushing up my mind and my